0: Hello everyone, this is Chet with Christian Hunters of America. we got another special podcast today. This episode, we're going to be speaking with Albert. He's a fellow CHA member from Southwest Arizona in the Yuma area, if anyone is familiar with that. We're going to be talking a little bit about something different, a little bit about veteran suicide and how bringing people outdoors, specifically veterans, um, that go through a lot. We love our veterans. They protect us foreign and domestic. Um, They've sworn an oath, and in today's day and age, now more than ever, we need to support them just like we support our first responders back home. We have a lot of patriots that are very pro-America, and we need to support them and continue supporting them when they come back home. Um, Veteran suicide rates are at an all-time high. Albert's gonna touch on that a little bit, but we are gonna talk about Albert And how he has a huge impact in veterans lives on how bringing people to the outdoors, getting them out in God's country, clearing your mind, clearing that soul and being one with nature and getting out there with that fellowship and camaraderie and being out there with your brothers and sisters and how it helps heal you and how it helps good for your body, good for your mind, good for your soul. So with that, please continue to listen along for this episode. Hello, everyone. We're in studio again with Mike Ornoski. How are you, Mike? Oh, man, we are doing fantastic today. Hello, everybody. We have a special guest. We have Albert, a fellow CHA member from Yuma, Arizona. Albert's going to talk about um, some hunting and doing outdoor stuff, but it's going to have a little bit of a different take on it. It's going to be how going out there and how doing those things helps our veterans. Um, I don't want to steal any of Albert's thunder. So, Albert, how are you today, buddy?
1: Good. How are you guys doing?
0: We're well, doing great. If you could introduce yourself a little bit and uh, tell us about your organization that you do, in addition to being a member of CHA.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just want to say I love CHA. It's awesome. I got my hat in the mail. I love it. <laughs> I'm getting it dirty. And, uh,. I love the organization you guys got going on. Um, everything about it. I've been listening to the podcast, trying to catch up on episodes. I think I'm on episode seven right now. Uh, just got done listening to episode six about bow hunting in Arizona and uh, the record keeping book. Went and bought myself one of those and printed off a whole bunch of documents. So, like the podcast, love it. It's all about Arizona, and so that's what I'm about. And uh, but yeah, so my I have a YouTube channel. It's called uh, Harvestland TV. And basically, in a nutshell, what I'm doing is I'm just taking veterans out in my local area who um, reach out to me and just, you know, hit me up basically and say, hey, I'd like to go out fishing or I'd like to go out hunting. And I take them out for free. Uh, Typically, we go out fishing more often because it's just a little bit easier, uh, less logistical means when it's fishing versus hunting. Um, But we do have a couple of guys with mule deer tags this year that will be taken out. Um, But basically what my goal is is just to build relationships with these people that i take out and uh talk a little bit about jesus and uh represent the gospel to them a little bit and i'm not trying to like shove it down their throat but like at the same time i'm not trying to be passive about it you know and uh yeah and so i'm just trying to raise suicide awareness one of the new uh lines that i have now is um you didn't come into this world on your own. Please don't try and leave this world on your own. You know, reach out to somebody, talk to somebody, let them know what you're going through. And uh the best practices that the VA has is that like research has shown that like media, ways of media covering suicide can influence behavior. And it can be either like in a positive light or like a negative light as well. But you know, obviously I'm trying to be a in a positive light of it. And I just kinda asked myself like what could I do to make a difference in suicides around the country? Because it's ridiculous. Some of the numbers that we have, you know, uh, veteran suicide is very, very high, but um, you know, just civilian suicide, U S adult suicide. It's a lot, you know, it's, it's pretty drastic numbers when I started researching and looking into it and I didn't think it was that much, but it is. And uh, so I just thought, you know, like what can I do to impact and who can I reach to and speak to the best, you know? And, The best people that I could communicate with and talk with was my own brother and sisters that I served with in the military, you know. And uh, we kind of have an unwritten code where we, we can relate with each other a lot better than we can with, you know, civilians at times. And so I figured, you know, that's the best way is to reach out to them, try and build relationships with them. And the cool thing about it with all the people that I have taken out and gone hunting with and fishing with is, you know, it's not just, like, one time that we go out or two times. It's, like, multiple times that we go out. And uh, and then they end up going on and moving on to another station. And uh, one of the guys with the mule deer tags, he's going to be ended up going to Hawaii, which he was really not looking forward to, but his wife was. <laughs> but uh, he's got a pretty cool thing where, you know, getting a bow ready to set up out there because I guess there's some kind of deer that they can hunt while he's out there in hawaii but we're going to try and get him a mule there before he leaves arizona and uh yeah that's just basically in a nutshell what i'm trying to achieve you know trying to uh take people out and build relationships with them and just kind of speak jesus into their life so that maybe later on down the line you know if they're in a dark place they could reach out to me or they could you know re- look back at the video or the time they had in arizona in yuma and then realize that I need to go talk to somebody about what what I'm going through, you know?
0: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. The last two years, if it's shown anything, um, it's shown how divided this country is, unfortunately. And we won't go down that dark, dirty path. But we know (laughs) that because everybody's been cooped up inside and in certain states, they're not allowed to go and live in a free country like they should. Um, we're blessed to be here in Arizona where we haven't had any of the as many of the rules and regulations as we've had in other states and it, for the most part Arizona is completely open and we love it and we love our freedom and we wouldn't have that if it wasn't for our veterans and we wouldn't have that if it wasn't for um, all the ones that have lost their lives in the past and uh, lay down their yeah. life for us but Suicide rate is at an all-time high, like you said. This last year, um, knowing people that have been in the healthcare industry, we've seen because of the pandemic that a lot of people haven't been able to deal with it, haven't had the, the different coping mechanisms. Um, they've turned to alcohol, which you know can take you down a really, really dark hole, or they've uh, they've succumbed to the, the you know to those deep thoughts and deep unfortunate thoughts of committing suicide and we really applaud you Albert for taking those people out there's nothing like having someone that can relate to them it's easy for you to to for most people to say that you know they could suck it up they could do this they could do that but if you've never walked a minute much less a mile in their shoes you can't relate to the things that they've seen the atrocities that they've seen the the different circumstances whether it's you know, deployment to a non-war zone or when they've gone and got deployed to a war zone. And there's a lot of different things that people experience in the military that civilians don't understand, just like there's a lot of things that civilians don't understand that first responders see, and there's a high high rate of first responder, uh, specifically police officer suicide here stateside. And we need more people like Albert out there taking the time taking the effort to sit down and listen. There's definitely no better spot. Um You're not going to scare the fish away by talking. So yeah. sitting out there on on the side, if you're on the shore or on a boat, whatnot, and just uh, being out there in God's country, God's creation and enjoying nature and being able to relate with those people so that they can um, ease, ease their mind and know that there's no judgment and we applaud you for for bringing them closer to Christ too, because he will definitely heal their hearts and heal their minds when, when they open themselves up to, uh, to his love.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's one of the, you know, when I was first, uh, I had a buddy, we have, we've had two buddies now or people that I served with in Okinawa, Japan, because I was stationed there for two years, uh, for most of my Marine Corps career. And, uh, within five years, we already less than five years. Um, we had two guys already, you know, uh, kill themselves. And, uh, and so we had another buddy. So I created a Facebook page where all of us would come together and, and discuss things and, and be on the same page and stuff like that. And it's, it's really hard. You know, I've got probably about over 120 people on this page that is just, you know, ex- it's exclusive to the people that we've served with. And, uh, just us being a tight-knit group as we were, you know, it's very difficult for veterans to, to really come together and have a community because we're so spread out throughout the United States. You know, I've got friends all the way from the East Coast, all the way to the West Coast. I've got a friend in Australia right now. You know, <laughs> we're, we're all over the world. And uh, it can be really hard for veterans to, like, come together. I think that's the most difficult challenge there is. And especially when you have family and life and work and all this other stuff, going on uh but when we do come together it's very it's very cool like we're we're a lot of camaraderie and everyone loves it and one of the things that was uh really cool well not really cool but it was you know a little intimidating is when I had one of my buddies on the phone that I was talking with who was you know you could tell he it was late at night I he left me a message I didn't get his phone I was sleeping and then I woke up and listen to it and my wife listened to it and she says he never called you you know and i was like yeah that's true and he, she like she found he's like well my wife said he sounds a little bad off and i was like yeah i better give him a call back and, you know so give him a call back and you know i could tell he was drinking and uh you know he was down and, and a little bit depressed and and uh you know i'm i'm not you know an expert by any means you know and so i try to you know, with somebody who I'm thinking might be having suicide ideation, I'm trying to get them to some like to somebody that might, you know, might be a professional like like later on. But in the moment I had to realize I realized that like I just have to be here for this guy and I have to talk to him and I have to listen to him and I have to hear what he's saying and and the cool thing was that like the word of God just helped me through it like big time, you know? Like I was just like he was telling me what he was struggling with and I was like, you know what, man? Like, I got an answer for you, you know, and it may not be the answer you want to hear right away and all that. But this this guy named Jesus, you know, <laughs> he he took me away from everything that I was doing poorly in my life and everything I was struggling with. You know, his uh, burden is light. And his uh, what is that verse? His, his yoke is uh, light and his burden is easy, you know, and uh, it, he'll take away what you're carrying right now and pull you through some of the hardest times you've ever had in your life, you know? And, uh, the word of God, God is just like, it's a sharp sword, you know, it, 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 cuts through and it goes to the soul. And, and that was the coolest experience I've had where I was able to use the word of God in such a, you know, a powerful way to speak to somebody. And it wasn't difficult at all, you know,
0: that's awesome. There's nothing, nothing better than helping, helping your friend, much less helping a, a fellow veteran, and if you can yeah. increase, increase their, their love for God and open up their minds and their heart to know that Jesus loves them no matter what, and that he will forgive them for any of those deep, dark, uh, ideas that they've had that he will love them and he will forgive them. He just needs, that person just needs to open up their, their mind and their heart to know that, uh, Jesus is here for them and that God's here for them. So we applaud you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a veteran. Mike isn't a veteran, but um we've both helped other people and I know Mike has assisted people in the past when they've come and I I have friends that have that have been there not to the to the level that you're helping them, Albert. So Mike, you want to touch on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think you know, I think when you truly open your eyes and your heart and your mind to um people, I think it's it's all of us are people, and and every one of us has a story or, or or a bad experience or whatever it may be that may cause that stress or that anxiety and everything else. But then the friends that I have that have been in the military, it's almost like that has compounded 100 percent or even thousand percent just based on the experiences and the things that they were exposed to and and being under, you know overseas or wherever they're being dispatched to it's i think it's it's something unless you go through it actually i've never been through it but just some of the stories and and having the conversations i think only truly military people that have walked in those same shoes can actually relate and understand because you can relate and you can you understand where they're coming from because you've walked in their shoes where sometimes we're we hear stories and we think we walked in the shoes but we have no physical mental or or capacity to truly understand what they're struggling with and i think that's where your your military background you know and and being overseas and, and having those conversations it it allows whoever you're taking out you know through this ministry that you're doing and taking them hunting and fishing to where they they can let their guard down per se and just have an open realistic conversation because you understand what they're talking about where maybe a therapist or they get referred to somebody else or they talk to a family member, they have, they have no concept and, and they're not really listening to the in-depth, you know, hurts and cries and, and the things that they're, you know, going through. So I'm sure you can expand on that a little more than I can.
1: Yeah. And, and there's no like any set reason of why, you know, somebody commits to it or kills themselves because, you know, there's a variety of reasons, you know, uh, what I found really interesting was that, uh, suicides with the veteran side, the, the veteran or the VA patients, the suicide rates with them are highest among, uh, people who are divorced, widowed, or never married, you know? And, uh, the rates are the lowest among those who are married, you know? And, uh, and so it's, it's kind of interesting when you look at it in that perspective, but, um, also, you know, it's, I, it's not just a veteran problem, you know, and this is something that I really want to, you know, expand on is because, because it's not just veterans, you know, I love my veterans and I, that's where I'm oriented at and that's where I'm focused at, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also a follower of Christ and I'm supposed to be all things to all people at the same time, you know? And, uh, so it, you know, and I think what is the, the problem comes down to is that, cause a lot of guys, these people come into the military with some of this stuff that they're struggling with, you know? And uh and it affects them in their military career. And uh I know we, there's been probably about four or five times that I myself have had to stand suicide watch, you know. I remember um in Okinawa going, you know, getting done with a night operation and then coming in and the, the duty guy's just like looking like he's in, you know, blackout mode, just freaking out and I'm like, What's up, dude? You need help with something? You know, and he's like, If somebody's up on third deck and they're trying to kill themselves, and I'm like, Oh my gosh and so I'm running up, you know, up and downstairs, and then yelling and looking, and then I find out it's one of the people in my platoon, and uh, and so then you know we get take take her take care of her and 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 um, get get her the care that she needed, get the ambulance and all that, and 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 she's she's good and healthy and and she's on fire for the Lord now, so that's all good. But you know it it's not just uh, any one reason why somebody does it, does this and. I think what it really stems from is it's just a society, you know, as it's a society that we have, or as a society, it's our problem, you know, um, it's kind of what's going on and kind of the fruits of our, of our society today, you know, and it's like, you kind of already hit on it, you know, we're being cut off. We're being uh, separated. Um, we're being isolated. Um, people are feeling like they're not a part of anything and, um, They're not looking at life with any kind of hope a lot of the time, you know, and, and so it's just about spreading awareness and having good media, you know, in my eyes is just going out there and speaking a good word and saying there is hope, there is life, and that's in Christ, you know, and even if somebody isn't taking the viewpoint of, you know, Christianity or Jesus and they don't want to get into religion and stuff like that, that's fine. I'm just here to have a relationship with you, man. I'm just here to, to support you, be there for you, and um, and help you in any way possible. You know, I think uh, I think it's interesting that you know those rates are the highest among people who are divorced, widowed, or married, and and then the largest population of veterans um, that you know does kill themselves is actually the 55 to 74 year old uh, age range. Uh, which counts for about 38% of all the suicides in veterans. Um, However, the highest suicide rate age group is 18 to 34. So even though um, there's not as many of those in that young age group, the rate is significantly higher in that age group. And, you know, and that's kind of the age group that I'm in is the 18 to 34. And, uh, and so I reach a lot of people like that and, I realized with my channel i was trying to get every veteran i possibly could to come out there with me fishing and stuff like that and and come out there hunting with me and 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 it kind of felt like i was running into a roadblock for a little bit but then i just realized you know the lord is sending me the people that he needs to be sending me you know and i've had quite a bit of veterans that i've taken out and uh, i just realized that you know i'm not here to force anything i'm not here to try and push anything down anybody's throat with religion and i'm just here you know whoever's going to come is going to come, you know what I mean? And they're going to reach out. And uh, I just have to keep on doing and, and saying what I've been doing and, and, uh, and they'll come, you know?
0: Absolutely. Um, well, I couldn't agree more. I know Mike couldn't agree more. We've, we've helped people in other ways. Um, I know when God is asking you to be in those people's lives, when you felt that, that need or that pull and he asked you, part of that is just living the good life and living by example. If they accept Christ and they, they become a follower and a believer that ultimately is obviously icing on the cake, but by you just living that life and living how you see um, what's the right word, just by living good morals, good standards, being a good listener and being a good friend and being a decent human being to others, just like when we're kids, we watch others. We, we, we learn from other people just from watching. And when people are closed off and they have some of those thoughts or they have some of that depression, they're not as open to discuss those things. I mean, it's a hard thing to talk about that you're, you're contemplating suicide or that you've had those, those thoughts of hurting yourself and whatnot. But by you leaving, living that good life, they learn just from watching you. So even if they haven't been to church or think that they can't go to church and haven't stepped foot in, in um, any type of religious house for years, I think it gives them a little peace of mind that, that they know that there's some acceptance, that there's no pressure and there's no judgment. And no matter what they've gone through, they can always be forgiven. And like I said, even if they they don't uh, they don't become a, a practicing Christian and whatnot, that's fine. But just living that life and you being there for them lets them know that there are good people out there and there are people that have walked a mile in their shoes and are here for that support. And like you said, Definitely. you going back and you know seeing a video or watching that YouTube, and they could have you know, be on a bender and be in a really bad place and just broke up. Like you said, a high percentage are, are single. And, and that's because I think – I mean, I'm not a trained professional when it comes to that either. But I think that being alone, you, you can go down that rabbit hole a lot harder, unfortunately, and you have that depression because you don't have the support structure, especially if you're military – you could be deployed in a state that you have no family in, or if you broke up with a significant other or went through divorce, that compounds everything. And especially if you're deployed versus stateside where, you know, you have a lot more resources. So having someone, especially when they come back, obviously the big Marine Corps base there in Yuma, but um, I mean, there's a a ton of Marines from all over the U S that, that get stationed there and, I think word will spread. I'm sure you started off with a couple and then, you know, a couple more tell someone else, uh, whether they're active duty or 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 they're a veteran, and that's going to get compounded just by watching that video. Um, someone's going to hear about it and they're going to feel more at ease or they want they want someone to talk to and they haven't had anybody able to be able to approach somebody and if they know somebody that has gone out with you and and gone out on a boat and caught some bass and been able to yeah to just talk and get some things off their chest that that's huge
1: yeah yeah it is it is and i think what's really cool is like uh so like why came here i was and when i was in okinawa i would uh, research and youtube a bunch of like what is yuma yuma as a marine what is it like you know in yuma because i wanted to get a feel for what the town was like you know and and i think that's uh and i realized like that's a way you know i had started my youtube channel before i came back down to yuma but um but that's a way for people to see what is there that i can do in this area and i got a marine right now that's on the east coast you know, and that's what he did. He found me, I don't know how he found me, found me through either, uh, Instagram or YouTube or something. Um, but he's a huge bass fisherman, loves it over there on the East coast. And, uh, you know, he hit me up on Instagram and he's like, Hey, I'm coming out there. You know, me and my wife are moving out there in January timeframe and, uh, looking to do some bass fishing. wonder if we could link up sometime. And I'm like, heck yeah, man, come on over, you know? And, uh, and the great thing is it's not just going to be one time, two times, it's going to be multiple times. Every time I, every chance I get, I'm going to be taking that guy out and whoever else, you know? And, uh, that's what like some of my goals with, uh, the channel. And I've done a little bit of it. Um, is given each guy, I take out uh, a fishing pole, you know? Um, that was the coolest part for me. I had a couple of guys that I took out and I gave, uh, gave one of them a fishing pole and that was donated to the channel. And, uh, you know, he, you could tell he much, wasn't much of a fisher, and but he had a good time. He caught fish when we were out there. and uh, But, you know, when I gave him that fishing pole, man, he was just grinning ear to ear and he just thought it was so cool. And I was just like, heck yeah, you know, like that's a good feeling, uh, giving somebody a fishing pole. And, and so, I mean, and obviously it, it takes, you know, some money to do that and I can't do that all the time. But when I do get the opportunity, um, I've had a few people donate poles and so I give them a fishing pole and... And, uh, it's just, it's just awesome. It's an awesome feeling and, and I love it. And, and that's another thing with like with the, uh, the VA, the, the VA has a lot of great information. You know, I go onto their suicide data information and, uh, they have ways of dealing with it, ways of talking about it, ways of, you know, going about, Um, somebody with suicide ideation and then they have a whole bunch of facts to follow up a bunch of stuff. But, you know, like we, we've kind of already hit on it, but you know, uh, some of the, the characteristics uh, to a lesser likelihood of suicide behaviors um, include like having a reason for living um, or a sense of purpose in life, um, feeling connected with other people. And then they have access to mental health care and stuff like that and positive coping skills. And, you know, Uh, I wasn't really planning on saying this, but, you know, it relates so deeply with what you were saying is that um, when I was in the Marine Corps and I was stationed here, you know, uh, the only thing that I had to do was, you know, go around and drink at the casinos and gamble, you know? And uh, I hit an all-time low when I was stationed here in Yuma um, where, you know, I was drinking a lot and I was gambling a lot and it was like on a roller coaster and, Hit this all-time low in my life, and I just cried out to God. You know, I wasn't even a Christian yet. I wasn't even—I didn't even really believe that strongly in Jesus at all. But I just said, I just called out. I said, "God, help me." You know, "God, take this burden from me. Take this away from me. I can't do this anymore." It's like Jesus, take the wheel, kind of stuff. You know, like I can't do this on my own. And uh and. All of a sudden, you know, I'm in tears and all of a sudden um, I'm shaking. And all of a sudden it's just like peace comes over me, you know, just this peace comes over me and I don't even know what it was. And in the moment I just was like, okay, that was kind of weird, but okay. And then I go on. It wasn't months, months, until months later that I, uh, you know, ended up meeting my, my wife and stuff like that. But um, when I did that, it caused me to say, hey, you know what? I'm done gambling. I won $1,800 on blackjack one night. And I was like, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to go, and I'm going to buy something that I can hunt with, you know, and I was like, I'm going to go to Sprague's, which is our local outfitter here, uh, outdoor store, and uh, I said, what What can I do? What can I hunt this time of year? They said, oh, over-the-counter archery, you know, mule deer. I was like, all right, then, get me a freaking bow, you know, <laughs> and uh, put that money into a bow, and then I went out shooting and met up with some people, and they took me out hunting, showing me the ropes because I'm pretty, I'm relatively new to Arizona hunting. You know, I, I'm from Wyoming, uh, where I just literally go out my front door and shoot a whitetail with a gun. You know, I never, never spent a whole lot of time, you know, looking at the grains of the bullet and this and that. You know, I was just kind of a redneck go out there shoot my deer, shoot my elk, and and uh, kind of run and gun. And and here in Arizona, you you can do that, but um, it's a little bit more intimate with you know, going out there into the desert and really getting accustomed to your surroundings and really trying to get a grip on how the animals react because it's not as easy here, it's 100% not as easy here as literally just walking out of my front door in Wyoming and blasting a deer.
0: <laughs> and I, to touch on that, I think with that with that individual from the East Coast calling you up, I think you're going to have a huge impact on people helping you as well. I think there's going to be an outpouring number of veterans and other individuals um, that see your channel, see how you're helping and and want to give back as well. Uh, yeah. I, I truly believe that there's going to be other people that want to volunteer and help you. And that'll allow you to have a bigger impact on even more people there's only so much you can do by yourself there's only so many fishing poles that you can give out when more people hear about yeah. this and more veterans that are that are that are in a good spot that are healthy um and that have you know everything going right for them but still want to give back because there's plenty of them as well and there's plenty of civilians that that want to help i think there's going to be a lot more people that hopefully reach out to you, uh, whether that be via YouTube or, or Instagram or or through us trying to get your contact. I really hope more people listen to this and donate their time when they're in Yuma or if other people are throughout the, the organization. Um, we've had Eddie Corona on here before. He has an organization called Outdoor Experience for All, and he donates tags to uh, to veterans or... To other people, but specifically wounded veterans. Uh, when someone gets a tag, and they can't go on it, and they're able to turn that back into Arizona Game and Fish, and Game and Fish then is able to give it to a nonprofit organization that is geared towards um, giving those tags to uh, to wounded veterans, and then having the resources and having other organizations take that out. I think it just spring springboards back onto that where you just keep helping more people and. Then you see people um, and meet meet other indoor individuals down there in in Yuma or in Southern Arizona, and and they're gonna share those same stories or, or give you here's how you could uh, help somebody or Hey, I got a boat. Um, I'm not a vet, but you can come out and we can go on on these lakes or or whatnot. I think it's gonna it's gonna expand quite a bit and and help even more people because there's gonna be some. Someone that's going to hear this, that's going to be a, just like you, and want yeah. to give back and and have uh, have that love in their heart and and, and be able to increase uh, that awareness, whether it's uh, suicide prevention or or just depression over or anything. We got to have more people to help uh, to help people in those dark spots. And I think now you know. You you said on that story that you cried out cried out to god for help and you had this uh overwhelming sensation come over you and um a lot of emotion and you didn't know what it was but you i guarantee you know what it is now right
1: oh yeah 100 percent,
0: 100 percent, and
1: and that's just that radical news on the gospel you know like um it is not judging. It is not, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts us, of course, but, uh, Jesus is here to forgive us and love us. It's, it's not about judgment. You know, a lot of people think that they have to show up to church and, and put on their spiffy shoes and put on their happy face and not bring their struggles to church and not, you know, discuss any of the things that they're going through with the the, the members of the church. And, you know, that's just not true. You know, Uh church is never supposed to be about, um, looking good and being good it's about you know taking whatever whatever you know dirt you have and bringing it and saying this is yours Jesus I'm giving it all up to you you know and uh and so that was just the you know and hunting just seems to you know I never really pieced it all together but you know hunting has just been that thing that has brought me and I've had so many godly events with hunting it's just insane you know even uh recently I had a video on my channel you know where I talk about James uh, he was a homeless guy up in Flagstaff when we were hunting for uh, over-the-counter mule deer there in August, and uh, that was just—I—I've never felt like that before in my entire life. You know, I felt like I was just on top of the world. Like I felt I was like I was floating. I was like, "This is amazing. Like this is one of the most like cool things I've ever had in my entire life. This is better than the parties, the drinking, the the women, the everything. You know, this is this is way better." And anything I've ever experienced in my entire life, being able to talk to, into somebody's life, speak into their life, and, and have something so radical, you know, happen. And, and so hunting just really seems to be the, the door opener of being able, for me at least, to, to talk to people and minister to them. And you have like a God, I call them divine appointments, you know, have a, having a divine appointment with somebody where it's just like, God orchestrated this meeting with us here, obviously. <laughs> and we're just here trying to figure it out. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, and, and so that's just what I, you know, I've been experiencing with hunting and, um, and fishing as well. I, I like going out there. We have a good time and we fish and we, we catch some nice bass out here because the fishing in Yuma's is phenomenal. And, uh, but yeah, uh, I got a couple of Marines this year that I'm going to be taking out for, uh, rifle deer tags. Um, we got a lot of people with tags in my family. I think there's probably about seven of us. And, uh, (laughs) so we're going to see how that goes, but I'm going to try and make it my, my utmost priority. I got a tag as well, but I don't even care about that. I'm going to try and get these Marines tagged out. And, uh, oh, that was what I said. The, uh, sub season we had this year that was really cool. I had, uh, some access to some private land and, uh, this awesome rancher or farmer had, uh, given me permission. You know, I told him what I was about and he gave me permission to hunt his, hunt his area and, um, for doves and, and, uh, went out there and he said they got people, he's kicking a bunch of pe- uh, Californians off because there's a, uh, this year there's a ton of California people that were just going onto his property, I guess, and just shooting up without permission. And, and, uh, so he had a guy that was pretty motivated running and gunning and shoving people off the property. And, you know, we went out there, I went out there this year with, uh, it was three Marines originally and, uh, went out there early in the morning and I stopped and I see a vehicle parked on the private land. And so I talked to him, Hey, you hunting? Yeah. And you know, what's your plan? I'm going to set up here. And I'm like, okay. And then I could tell you a Marine, he had a high fade, you know, and young guy. And I said, uh, I said, you have permission here. And he was like, no. And I was like, Oh, Oh uh, yeah, you, you need permission. And uh, otherwise they're going to kick you off. And he was like, Oh really? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I had no idea. And I was like, yeah. I was like, are you a Marine? And he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a Marine. And I was like, all right, just roll with us. Just come on. Let's go. <laughs> you can come with us this morning, you know? And, and it was good that, you know, we did that and just stop and talk to another hunter and, uh, communicate with them because he would have got kicked off and then we ended up uh i ended up getting all four of them their limit within an hour and a half you know it was just one of the most phenomenal dove hunting we've ever had and uh we ended up taking 75 birds total i got my limit too i videotaped them and then uh i got limited out in about 20 minutes <laughs> and uh
0: that sounds so like a great day
1: oh yeah i mean i've never experienced any anything like that you know it was a pretty tough dub year but uh I mean, I've never experienced, every single one of them were saying the same thing. I've never experienced anything like that before. I've never, you know, they're all grinning ear to ear. They loved it. My one buddy, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, (laughs) but he's like, I don't even care. I'm just loving this view, the sun coming up over the mountains and and being out here. He's like, I just love it. And then, uh, you know, he ended up hitting his limit. And these guys are not, you know, it's the first time they picked up a shotgun in probably decades, you know. And so, um. They just had a blast, and to get them a limit like that, and just to have a time like that, it was just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, there's no better artist than God when He paints that picture of uh, of a sunset or a sunrise or a mountain set or mountain range. Uh, being out there and experiencing that and His creation and that fellowship that you're bringing and the nourishment uh, for the mind and the body is is something something to to t- tell everybody about. That's why we got you on here. yeah
1: and and i listened to one of your guys' uh past podcast i think it might have been the first or second one episode where you know you were saying like you know talking about how sometimes hunters can be closed off and we can say uh you know not disclose anything any any information don't talk to me what i've experienced a lot of the times out there in the field is a lot of hunters uh, especially fishermen they say don't look at me or they don't say it, but their attitude is don't look at me don't talk to me and uh don't watch me (laughs) you know it's like stay away from me right you know and and uh, I feel like, I feel like the best times I've ever had hunting in the field is when I go and I talk to people, you know, and I'm talking to other hunters and I'm communicating with them, and I've built some awesome relationships just doing that. Uh, last uh, couple of years ago, I had a deer hunt up in again Flagstaff in August, and you know, this this random guy comes rolling up, hey, can I camp with you? And we're like, yeah sure (laughs) you know and he ends up being a marine and i end up he ends up coming down to yuma and we fish and hunt and all this stuff you know together now to this day and um incredible and so i think it's just powerful when you you talk to other hunters and you communicate with them and and uh work together with them instead of just like you know excommunicating them
0: oh big time mike mike uh can elaborate on that but i remember a hunt we had in southern arizona and we're all guilty of it. We can't say that we're perfect all the time because we are flawed. But yeah, I I'm I'll throw myself under the bus. That we saw a group of uh, a couple hunters and we were getting up to the the top of a, a little mountain ridge, glassing a, a larger, higher mountain ridge, and we went left. We're not there to just dis- you know disturb their hunting and whatnot, but it is public land, and we get to the spot where we have the best vantage point and the person that was accompanying this uh, younger man was an older gentleman that ended up being his grandpa. And then they caught up to us, even though they got there first, and um, Mike bridged that gap and just introduced himself and said, hey, we've got eyes on quite a few bucks. Who are you hunting with? This is my grandpa. Okay, this this is Chet. He has a tag down here. Um, okay. We, once we found out that there was only myself and one other guy, the the grandpa from the other party that had a tag, there's more than enough bucks out here, for for each of them, to to harvest and set out a plan. Okay, you're gonna take this one. Chet's gonna take this one, and it was all about that that friendship and building that or bridging that gap from the get go. Going out and introducing yourself. Yes, it's you know right at sunlight. Could you have ignored them? Could you have hiked farther um, and gone, you know, quicker than an older individual? Yes. But uh, Mike always takes that high road, always does, and went and introduced himself and, you know, behind cover talked about a plan and uh, yeah. and, and made a friend out there. So it all worked out for the best, and uh, there was no conflict, and it all stems from um, – like I said, Mike taking that high road and going on and introducing himself and saying, hey, okay, yeah, there's several guys down here, but only two have tags. There's more than enough deer on this public land for for them both to to be happy. Yeah. I'm sure Mike has plenty of other stories about about that. He's been hunting a lot, lot longer than me. Mike's been hunting for close to 30 years here in Arizona, and I know he has plenty of other stories. Right, Mike?
2: I sure do. I sure do, and uh, I think you hit on a lot of a lot of great points. And I love that you brought up James because that was one of my my thoughts after watching your video. And I think sometimes it's just impacting lives of everybody around us. We don't realize when those opportunities come through, and based on our experiences. So, and here you related to somebody that may have been a veteran, may not have been a veteran, but that never came out. But it just shows you that you can impact individuals and. And you want to talk about your lightning story? Um, I think it's a, it's one of those God things that only uh, divine, as you said, that that divine appointment. I mean, everything worked out so perfectly to have that impact of an individual that may n- never have that opportunity again, you know, the rest of their life. But you instilled um, that little piece of breadcrumb, you know, to give them a glimmer of hope. Yeah, that was uh, that was a
1: pretty crazy event, you know. That was probably one of my most crazy. Um, encounters with hunting and then ministering to somebody because I'm very new to Christianity. I'm, I was baptized by my father-in-law in in 2017, you know, and even after I was baptized, I was, uh, I was, I'm a Marine. Every other word out of my mouth was a cuss word and I drank beer and, (laughs) you know, and probably a little bit too much beer than I should have, you know, and, uh, but it's a, it's a timeline. It's a process that you go through and, and, and it's going from being, you know, a child or from eating or drinking milk to eating whole food kind of deal, you know? And, uh, but with James, it was just one of the most crazy thing because, you know, I was, I, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was frantic for a job and, uh, I ended up getting a job working on windmills, uh, the big, uh, 2.3 megawatt GE wind turbines up in Montana. And it was a great job. You know, I only had to, we only had to manage 13 of them. I worked with somebody and just me and one other guy and, we'd go out shooting pheasants and coyotes out at the site whenever there was downtime. And, and, uh, you know, it was a great job, but I ended up having to leave that job and I went to a irrigation job and the irrigation job, uh, was, was a good job. I liked it. And, uh, the boss kind of pushed a little too hard on work and, uh, that ended up happening on one day. And, I think it was a Sunday. We're out there. There was a wreck pivot. So it's center pivots. You see them out there in the circle field, uh, they usually have a center pivot that irrigates the whole field and up there in Montana, and that's what we would work on and build. And one of them crashed and, from a storm, and we were putting it back together, and the boss didn't want to quit, and there's a storm rolling in. And, you know, he's got me about uh, 15 feet up in the air. I'm standing on a forklift, not a pallet. I'm on both forks with my feet, <laughs> and uh, I'm screwing. I will have to cross-thread another uh, a metal pipe into another metal pipe. And it's raining, and I'm having to look up, and there's just rain hitting me in the eyes. And boss is sitting there saying, "What's taking so long?" And I'm like, I'm having to cross thread them in. It's galvanized, you know. I'm having to cross thread these things in to get them. And uh, and um, so lightning all over me. I'm looking up. There's lightning everywhere. And I knew I was gonna get hit. You know, I was just like, there's no way I'm not gonna get hit. I'm. This is ridiculous. And and looking back, I should have just said, I quit, man. I'm done. I ain't doing this crap. You know. <laughs> But uh, I just remember up there, when I was up there uh, threading that pipe in, I said, God, if you, if I get hit with lightning, um, just don't kill me. <laughs> I was like, just don't kill me. I ain't done yet. I ain't done doing your work. I just started. Um, so just don't kill me. You know, I don't care if I'm maimed, injured, whatever. Just don't kill me. I got, I got work to do here. And, and uh, then all of a sudden, I just, you know, suddenly awoke. I don't even remember getting hit or anything like that. I just remember waking up. And I'm um, seized on the pipe. You know, and I realized I'm seized on it with both my hands. And I don't know if it was a, a figure of my imagination or if it was reality, but I could see uh, little lightning uh, lines on both sides of my arm uh, going all the way up. And I could definitely feel it go all the way up into my arm, up into my shoulders. And it had me for probably about five seconds. I was screaming. I was just going, ah. And then it sunk me in the heart and it released me. And I was like, take you down. We're done. <laughs> and I had a coworker grounding in or wiring in a ground wire on a motor down at the bottom and it hit him and it blew him back three feet. And he was a big boy, blew him back three feet and put a hole through his steel tail boot. And, uh, you know, not a scratch on me. I had a little bit of a rash on my shoulder. Um, but, uh, nothing was wrong. My hands were pretty tingly for the next couple months. I had a minor nerve stuff, but, uh, other than that you know not a not a thing wrong with me and uh and that guy james that i talked about in that video you know i asked him what god he believes in and he says the only words out of his mouth i believe in a god that controls lightning you know <laughs> so i was like oh damn well let me tell you a story you know and uh telling him that story up there uh his jaw just dropped you know it was just a divine appointment with james you know he was just a, a homeless guy uh living out in the woods, and. Uh, and uh, we got in a conversation with him at outside of the Chipotle and Flagstaff. And, and uh, you know, I ended up talking about Jesus with him. And, you know, I don't know where he is today or if he's in, you know, if he's in relationships with the Lord or not. But, uh, you know, I feel like that was a divine appointment, you know, and it, and it has a plan. There's a plan there. There's something going on there. I've never experienced anything like that with James, you know, and um, he could have said anything, you know, I'm an atheist. I hate God, you know, screw you, man. Get away from me. You know, he could have said anything he wanted to in the whole world, Buddhism, anything, you know, but he chose to say, I believe in a God that controls lightning. And I was like, Hey, that's awesome, man. I do too.
0: <laughs> wow. Yep. <clears throat> I think my jaw hit the ground here in that story. Mike's heard it before. I, I have not heard it from your mouth. Um,
2: Yep. So let's take a step back. So now talk about the deer hunt that allowed you to go get lunch in Flagstaff of the circumstances oh, yeah, that yeah. led up to it.
1: So, so the, uh, the reason why I went up there, um, I believe it was, yeah. So it was 2020, I believe 2019, me and my brother-in-law went up there first time and it was, there was a forest fire going on and we literally drove through a forest fire. I got this all on my YouTube channel. It's all in there in my mule deer playlist. Um, but, uh, you know, we drive through a forest fire, we get set up, and that guy, you know, that just came up, hey, can I camp with you? You know, um, we're like, sure, you know, and I ended up being one of my good buddies, Travis. He's a Marine. And uh, didn't know it at the time. We sat around the campfire, started talking, and are like, oh, you're a Marine? like, yeah, me too. i like, oh, cool. You know, and and uh, he's a young guy. And, and so I was up there again in 2020 with him, and when I was driving up, um, I said, I called him up. I said, hey, Travis, do I need a bear tag? Should I get one? He said, "No, man, the quota's met. We can't even shoot one if we wanted to." I was like, "You sure? You positive on that?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Well, just look it up to make sure." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do that." But he was just yeah, yeah, me, you know. <laughs> he, he didn't look it up because he thought in his head he knew for sure it was it was the quota had been met. Well, he had a bear tag in his pocket, and opening day, he had a big old black bear stand up on a tiny quarters, a hundred yards away from him, you know. And he didn't. He had a bear tag in his pocket a bear in front of him, bow and arrow in hand, and he just sat there and looked at it. <laughs> and I gave him so much crap because I ended up talking to a bear hunter uh, that same day that was setting up on water, and I said, uh, what are you doing? And he was like, bear hunting. And I was like, I thought the quota was met. And he was like, nope. And I was like, oh, that's great news. And uh, Travis ended up tagging out on a deer and he brought it back to camp, and I was like, hey man, guess what? The quota's not full. We can go hunt bear. And he was like, are you kidding me? He he's like, I can't believe that, You know, tell tells me the story and, and, uh, he's like, well, let's go into town. We'll get a bear tag and, um, we'll, uh, you know, get some food and I'll put this deer on ice. And so that's what we did. We ran into town, um, put the deer on ice and then went to uh, Walmart and it was actually kind of funny. I don't, I don't want to step on any toes or make anybody abrasive, But this was back in, you know, the early parts of the, the, the pandemic and, um, I didn't really think about it. We didn't think about it when we went to Walmart. You know, we're in Flagstaff, and uh, we didn't have any masks on us, and they were real strict on the mask policy there. And uh, we were just running in to get get some stuff real quick, and I didn't realize. You know, it wasn't until after we left the store that I realized that we were covered in blood, and we both had pistols on our hip.
2: <laughs> we're covered in <laughs> blood, and we got
1: pistols in our hip, and we're rolling into Walmart. They're like, "Get your mask on," and we're like. We're like, I ain't got one. I'm just gonna be quick. I'm going in here, and, and uh, then they they took a little bit lo- longer to look at us, and they're like, uh, they're covered in blood and they're wearing pistols. We're gonna leave these people alone, <laughs> and uh, and they were real nice, you know, real nice to us when uh, we were checking out and all that. So there wasn't any issues there. But um, but yeah, so we uh, go after we get our tags and all that. We go to uh, Chipotle and we gotta wait. You know, it's at this time it's 9:45 or something like that, and I don't think Chipotle opens till 10. And so we're sitting there and uh, outside of Chipotle and I can see the guy who was, you know, James. Uh, he has his little bag of clothes and he's charging his phone in the wall. And I can, you know, I noticed him as soon as we drove up. I'm like, yeah, he kind of looks a little, you know, homeless. And you know, but he, he, he's not wearing bad clothes, you know. And, and so uh, we all get out and we're sitting outside talking and, you know, reminiscing about how big of an idiot Traps is. <laughs> and uh, I was just sitting there being a little, you know, Giving him a little bit of a hard time saying, Well, how does it feel, man? You're you're a hundred yards away from a black bear. You got a tag, quota's still open, and you just you can't pull the trigger, you know, Are you turn turning into a bird watcher on me, man. Like what's going on, you know? And uh just giving him a little bit of a hard time and all the bear talk and Travis is like, Well, I'm gonna go back in that area, I'm gonna shoot that bear. I know exactly where he went in there and I'm going right after him and all the bear talk, you know, James overheard it. And James gets around and you know, it's kinda of funny he wear uh he was wearing goggles kinda of like Napoleon Dynamite, you know, where it's just these big goggles. <laughs> and uh and uh he's like, Bear, bear? What, what about a bear, you know? And uh he's like Travis like it's a far away, it's like an hour and a half away, he's not even close, it's not coming, he's going the opposite direction of town, you're fine. It you know, he's like, Well, I don't I don't like bears, man. I, I live in the woods, so I, I want to stay away from bears. And I said, I said, oh, you live in the woods. Like, what are you you living in the woods for? You know, and and then I start kind of inquiring on why he's here, what he's doing. You know, Um, why is he living in the woods? And, you know, he was from Texas. Um, He had some family that he described was not very good to him. And uh, he was just trying to get away from them. And uh, he figured Arizona was a cool state. And so he made his way out here and he was working at McDonald's. So he had a job, you know. Um, which was cool, but uh he said he was saving up for a car and um, you know I just started talking to him he, he's a runner. the dude was super fast. he would he just runs just to have fun. I don't know why people
0: do that, but they do
1: <laughs> but uh
0: not us he ran
1: he ran yeah, no. he ran like a, a five minute mile or no no it was five minute it was like four minutes and 30 second mile, you know and he was but he ran he was a marathon runner. he'd run for like 10 miles nonstop and he would talk to me about his times and in the Marine Corps you know we had to run three miles um to do our physical fitness test and you know I was kind of talking with him comparing times and I'm like yeah my best time ever was like 20 minutes and 30 seconds for three miles and uh and it was just you know my my times got longer and longer and longer as my years progressed (laughs) but uh so we're talking times they open up the doors to Chipotle um you know I don't have a mask um, he doesn't have a mask, Travis found a mask and so standing in line, I go to order they say, you can't get your order unless you got a mask on and I'm like, okay, I don't have a mask, so what are we going to do here and they're like, well, we'll go outside and take your order and I was like, okay, so we'll go outside and, and James doesn't have a mask either and so James, me and James end up going outside of Chipotle and just standing there waiting for them to come out and take our order and I was like, this is perfect, you know, perfect opportunity for me to talk more to James and, and start, you know, because I didn't really know the fine line of how to implement Jesus into somebody's life and how to, to minister to somebody at that time, you know, I was still kind of like, I don't want to step on people's toes, you know? And, uh, but then I just started talking to him and I just came out and said, I was like, uh, wait, like, so, uh, you know who Jesus is, you know? And and he was like, uh, yeah, I heard of him. You know, I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, uh, I was like, you know, the gospel, you know, you, you have you read the gospel? No, no, no. He's like, I'm not really into that kind of stuff, you know? And, uh, Start talking to about what he plans on doing in the wintertime, and he's like, I'm gonna get a zero degree sleeping bag. And I'm like, dude, that ain't gonna work. I was like, it may be zero degree sleeping bag, but if you're just sleeping out in the woods, man, you're gonna get moisture in that thing. You're gonna get, you know, the windshield's gonna go right through it. You're gonna die, dude. Like, you gotta, you can't do that. You know, you gotta, I was like, there's gotta be a shelter here in town somewhere that you could go to or something like that. And, uh, but he was a Texas guy, so he wasn't really thinking like that. You know, he'd never seen snow before. And I said, "It gets cold here, man. You can't do that. You you absolutely cannot do that, you know." And then I started talking about Jesus and and uh, and God and and asking him what he believes in and stuff like that. And and I was you know talking about the the, the gospel a little bit about how Jesus you know came uh, to take our sins away. Uh, he got up on that cross for us um, to take away whatever sins we committed away from us, and that we won't be you know have to spend eternity in hell, and that we can be in relationship with him and, and, uh, be forgiven and redeemed as a child of God. And, and, uh, you know, and he, I could tell he was kind of getting a little abrasive to what I was saying. And so I kind of backed off a little bit and then I just uh, like, well, where do you believe it, man? You know? And he was like, well, I believe in a God. You know, he thought about it for a while. And he's like, I believe in a God that controls life, you know? And then I told him my story. I'm like, me too. And then, you know, his job, dropped, he's like, what the heck? And he was like, he's like, do you think, so your God can control lightning? I was like, absolutely, he can control lightning. He controls, he's made everything in this world. You know, he's created us from dust. He's created everything you see before you. Like, he controls every element in this world. Like, he is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving. You know, and I said, that's the greatest thing about it. And then that was my gateway right there. You know, like, he's all-loving, man. That's all he cares about is you, you know? And the whole time I'm talking to him, I'm thinking, what should I, and I don't know his name at this point. And I said, you know, like, what should I... I was like, God, tell me what book to tell tell this man to read in the Bible. You know, I, I always like recommending the book to somebody to read, and and he, uh, I I didn't I didn't have an answer. So the whole time of the conversation, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and then towards the end, I, I I just feel like I need to tell him James. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna say James. James sounds good. And I said, I said, well, hey man, you should read the book uh, James in the Bible. And then he was like, what? And he was like, I was like, yeah, there's a book in the Bible. It's called James. You should check that out and read it. It's pretty cool. And he was like. He's like, that's a book in the Bible? And I said, yeah. Yeah, it's James, the brother of Jesus, um, wrote a book in the New Testament. And it's short, you know, it's only like five chapters long, you know, real short read. And it's good stuff. And he was like, oh, that's my name. And I was like, no, it's not. I was like, oh, get out of here. You know, like, that's crazy. He kind of took offense to it. Like, it is my name, man. Don't you he's thinking I was calling him a liar? And he pulls out his ID and he shows me. And I was like, oh, dang it is your name. I was like, well, you definitely got to read it now, man. You got to read that book now. And he was like, all right. And I was like, all right, man. I was like, find some shelter. Don't stay out in the snow. And then I was like, all right, take care, you know? And we parted ways, went back out to the woods and, uh, ended up tagging out that year as well on a little two by two. But, uh, But yeah, I just, it was something like, you know, in the moment and then afterwards I was just all smiles, you know, from ear to ear, just smiling. And just like, that was one of the most radical, crazy things I've ever experienced, even though it doesn't sound that radical or that crazy, just how the events lined up in the conversation and just how much it was just like, I was nervous about how I was supposed to minister to somebody and then God had just made it so easy for me to be able to talk about it with him. You know, it was just, I was just like, that was a divine appointment that I had with James
2: absolutely you know that's really what it's all about so man i can't believe it's approaching an hour already um man there's just oh, yeah. so much to share and talk about but again this is a, a different type of podcast and, it, and it's really about the foundation of what all of us do um to impact the lives of others and uh and how i kind of yeah. look at your ministry and and when i kind of became aware of it and i started watching and, and and then getting to know you, um, I think back to Matthew five sixteen in the Bible, and it basically says, let, "Let your light shine before men, that it may glorify your Father in heaven." And and truly, that's what we are here to do: is let God's reflection, you know, go through us to impact others you know, wherever they may be in, in the life. And and uh, I do we so appreciate what you're doing and making an impact of, you know, the veterans and just people you come in contact with. And and I do believe that if there is people out there that listen to this podcast and they just, you know, they have that something with inside of them, you know, how, how can they get a hold of you? A lot of them know how to get a hold of us at CHA, but, um, what's the best methods to follow you and to maybe make, pick up that phone call and give you a call and, and maybe he'd just have a, a conversation with you.
1: Um, yeah. So my, uh, YouTube channel is Harvestland TV. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And uh, I can get messages on Facebook. I can get messages on Instagram. Um, I don't always have service when I'm at work. I work seven days on, seven days off, 12-hour days. And so uh, I don't always have service. Um, But if you message me, I'll get around to getting to you. Um, I have an outfitting business. Um, I have a phone number associated with that that you could call or text if you want. That's 520-261-1094. That's 520-261-1094. Um, you know, that's outfitting I just started, and that's just all this stuff that I'm trying to do. I got a Patreon account where people can sign up for monthly subscriptions and I give away fishing spots, and then there's a hunting one where I give away hunting uh, a few hunting spots and um, some information and and like reports on what the the game are doing, like the mule deer and stuff like that in my area. And then I um, recently did a uh, thing where if on my patreon account where somebody could you know pay, monthly um like they can pay a 100 bucks a month and at the end of the year they'll have uh, a two-day guided trip with me because there's not a lot of options there you know usually people without fitting got to pay up front but you know, through the patreon i figured out ah, well um i could just have them you know pay yearly or pay monthly and then at the end of the year they can have a guided trip whenever they want um but so, yeah the patreon something new and all that money that i'm doing all the money that i have in my links below in my videos um go towards supporting my channel Uh, supporting me taking out more people out hunting and fishing more veterans and uh getting them a fishing pole every time i I take out is one of my goals and um but uh but yeah so you can contact me facebook instagram or youtube um i got an email as well and that's harvestland tv at gmail.com um if people rather email um but yeah
0: Thank you very much for sharing all that information with us, Albert. And as always, at the close of all of our podcast episode, Mike leads us in prayer. And Mike?
2: Oh, Lord. Uh, this is a divine moment, Lord. Uh, something that we didn't uh, truly understand when we scheduled this uh, podcast, Lord. And we had visions of some other things. And, and obviously, this was a, a podcast, Lord, to to bring light to to, to you, Lord. And, and through all the other great works that you do and we are just one little small testimony, Lord, of just uh, a couple of guys just impacting a very small group of people, but we know that through you, you are impacting the world as, as your Bible says, Lord, and I just ask that you'd use this podcast, Lord, to touch the life of an individual that may have resonated something within our discussions, Lord, that will just give them hope, Lord, and, and, and allow them to get on their knees and cry out to you, Lord, or to reach out to us to have that conversation, Lord, I just ask that you just... Uh, Bless Albert, Lord, and all the things that he is doing, Lord, and the ministry that he is doing, and the, the, the greatness that you have put on his heart, Lord, to impact the lives of others as Matthew five sixteen 16, a state, Lord, and I just also ask that you would just uh, bless our country, Lord, bless our military, Lord, and especially our military, Lord, that are dealing with so much issues, Lord, and suicide as we've discussed, Lord, and we just ask, Lord, that you would meet each of those military men right where they're at, Lord, and to give them that renewed spirit, Lord, that transformation as Albert witnessed, Lord, when he cried out to God on that day when he was hit rock bottom. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen.